Welcome to the Millenniology Podcast, where we talk about faith and social issues through the eyes of millennials. My name is Nick, and today we have Erica back on the show. What Welcome up? back. Thank you. Uh, we are on episode 24, and we just got back from vacation, and it was super awesome. Woo-woo. I got to sleep. Yeah, you slept a lot. I slept a lot. You napped like every single day. Napped every day. You got to go see the Historical Society Museum with your mother. Yeah, it was really cool. You got the... What's one thing that you learned? I learned that Ocean City was... Well, the first settlers that were English... This is Ocean City... Ocean City, New New Jersey. Jersey. Yes, because obviously people, native peoples inhabited the land. But when it first was a city, it was settled by a ministerial association to be a Christian family resort for like Christian pastors and their families to come on summer vacations. Interesting. Yeah. So that's how it started and it all grew from there. And So it's for rich people? I don't know. Were they rich? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the financial status of ministers in 1898, but I don't know, man. <laughs> Living by the lake, uh, by the ocean. Actually, too. Never mind. I lied. That was the first development. The first actual settler there was somebody who sold insurance to ships, like sold sold marine insurance. He was the first person to, like build a house there, and hmm. then then the a few years later the ministerial association I think it was like Methodist ministers came to that person and were like can we set up this camp here and he was like sure <laughs> <laughs> I thought something that we learned together was that there's this super awesome donut place that's there it's called a fractured prune yeah i think it's a chain actually on the east coast did it start there though i don't know i'm not no it started in ocean city maryland i'm sorry stupid maryland very confusing but but anyways they they have this donut shop and it has all these different flavors like i think we got Probably thirty flavors. I got. I think I got like a cannoli flavored donut. Yeah. I got bacon on top of chocolate donut. I got cookie dough. You got cookie dough. I think <laughs> I got like cake. a coffee yeah. one. There was another one that I got. I had four because I <laughs> had no shame. No shame. <laughs> and but we we saw. We were, I was like, this is a stupid name. <laughs> like this is a really dumb name. It's yeah, like someone, someone had to have been high. <laughs> something weird had to have happened like someone dropped an ingredient and someone fell and broke something i was like something dad dumb but then we saw on this board on the wall that it kind of explained uh the the name of the restaurant well not the restaurant the shop whatever you want to call it and the there's this lady named prunella prunella shriek prunella shriek and this was like 18 Mid-1800s, late 1800s? Yeah, late 1800s, and she was this... She owned a bunch of land. She owned a bunch of land, and she was, like, a super awesome athlete. Yeah. Like, she competed in men's, like... Sports. Sports, like skiing, and I think tennis. Tennis. Um, was there's some, there's Maybe some, javelin? I there's there's ping, something along... Ping pong. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a ping pong. Ping pong, ping pong was, was one of them. them. But she, she... And she was doing this until she was... Real old. In her 80s, 80s, she was still competing to the point where she was, like, getting hurt. Yes, and she would leave on, like, crutches and wheelchairs and so because she was just getting, she was old and her body just couldn't take it. But she would still do it every yes. single time. <laughs> and so I think whoever created this place, they were like, that's fractured 
Prunella. Yeah. Well, that was well, her nickname in yeah. the town because she was always on crutches. Yeah. She was hurting herself. Everyone in the town called her, oh, that's old fractured Prunella. Like, yeah. Prunella, you know, because she always did have a bone fracture. And so when he was doing the research of the area where he was going to open the shop, he was like, fractured prune. <laughs> and it's awesome. And I want more of it right now. <laughs> Talking about it, making you have a hankering for it. Yeah. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, the Nick Mary, you can f- see the donuts that I got. Mm-hmm. There's all four of them. So good. They are so good. And they're so warm. And they're so light. So you can eat so many of them. <laughs> they're oh, cake God. donuts. So. They were so good. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we should probably move on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So, episode 24. Yes. So... We've been kind of running into a little bit of scenarios lately of, like, seeing some some things are going on and kind of, like, parenting things and seeing kids and we're kind of, like, discussing, like, what do we do? But before we get to that, because we'll get to that maybe in a later episode, possibly, um, we wanted to talk about, how like, how we grew up and how that has affected us, I guess, spiritually religiously and then possibly about some other examples of people that we may know we won't say any names or anything like that um but just to see how that possibly has changed the path that we have taken um or as we got older from childhood yeah so the overall theme is you know kind of you see situations out and you're like hmm if i was a parent i wonder how i would handle that situation and then kind of get, you know, you can step back and reflect and be like, okay, if we're talking about biblical parenting and like what you do from that perspective, how the the best place to start is maybe how was I raised or how were people around me yes. raised and how can we see how those situations of being raised and those examples that you've seen growing up have played out now that all these people you grew up with are kind of in this early adulthood mm-hmm. phase. So millennials talking about how they grew up and how other millennials around them grew up and how we've seen those Hence the results. Podcast. Yeah, those <laughs> results coming out. See, we're, it's a full circle. A I'm full bringing c- it back into yeah, home base. She's got it. She's got it. It's like she's done this before. <laughs> so do you want me to start or do you want to start? You can start. Tell me your deepest, darkest secrets of childhood. Okay. Um, well, there's this one time when I was at band camp. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you did not go to band camp. I went to band camp four years. Well, well actually three years. I'm alive. Well, you're a nerd. Shut up. You're not the mega nerd, though, because you didn't go four years. Shut up. Because you quit. No, I quit because quit. I was going to a music college. Uh, ooh, ooh, fancy. <laughs> a music community college. Yeah, okay. <laughs> still, it's still college. Anyways. Anyways, we're getting off topic. Yeah, so I, I sort of explained this before. For when I think in our f- earlier episodes, yeah, um, that when I grew, up, I didn't, I didn't was, I was never told I had to go to church. My parents never went to church. Um, they, uh, we slept in on Sundays. Oh yeah. So that was, I, I, I don't remember those days. <laughs> I don't anymore since I now work at a church and Sundays are like the main work day. Um. So I, I never went to, I never went to church when I was younger, and I didn't go really at all. I think I went to a few church, like church settings. Um, Ever a VBS? I never went to a VBS. I went to like an overnighter one time, but the overnighter was sort of sketch because it was kind of like 
Um, like I've saw two people making out. Fun. Yeah. So the best was, church mm. overnighters yeah. and with teens making out. Yeah. <laughs> Not kidding. Not really. That would be awful. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that's what I. Um, that's kind of how things shaped out. Now I always was told that like, like that they my parents believed in God. Um, my dad was raised Catholic. Now he doesn't go anymore. Um, he doesn't go to church at all. Um, my mom was raised Southern Baptist, and um, she she gets there. You know, it, I think she went away from it. They had some personal things that had, that happened um, that they were mad at God about, yeah. which is understandable. Mm. Um. So I think that sort of has affected them, um, it, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're still mad. Yeah. Because um, th- with the situation, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think I could, like, I can't be mad at them for no, being. No, you can't for, blame them. No, not at all. Um, so with that, like, like I said, I went to a few church things, with, and it was with friends. Like the rest of my, a lot of my family actually does go to church. Um, one half of the family. I'm not too sure about the other half. Um, but one half, a lot of them go to church and stuff like that. Um, but I was never told to go. I was never said like, "Hey, we're going. Just put on your nice suit or whatever it is," and stuff like that. I was just told like, "Hey, just you know, we kind of believe God's real and stuff like that." And um, but like going to church on a Sunday was not a thing. Um, I was taught like, "Don't be a jerk to people." Um, you know, work hard and kind of keep to yourself. It's kind of what I was really told to do. Um, you know, I was like, I'm trying to think of things that Christian parents would tell their, <laughs> tell their teens. Yeah. I mean, it's not all together. Like how you're raised, it's not like you were raised with bad morals or bad values. No, it's no, just no. that, that, you know, I just that didn't part, have the church thing. Yeah. That, that part wasn't, wasn't there. I would say, I would say that we were pretty much. I mean, we weren't, like, given to charity all the time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we were, I mean, we are probably just like any other Christian family that goes to church. We just weren't going to church or considering ourselves Christian. Yeah. And I know that's hard to believe, like, that's hard to believe for some people. But, um, yeah, that's kind of like how I was raised and stuff like that. And it's weird now because I think there was a time where I definitely didn't believe that there was a God. Um Every time we talked about, anytime there's any talk about God, I would just shut it down immediately. Um, and, um, or I would just backfire it as much as I could with what I knew. Um, and then now I am a pastor. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you explain that. Um, I'm not sure do you want to go with, uh, you want to talk about your stuff? Um, sure. Yeah. I was, um, I was raised in a household with one Christian parent and one non-Christian parent. Um, my mom would take us to church, like, growing up, but we went to our family's church where, like, her whole extended family went. And, um, so I do remember going, like, pretty consistently, 
um, in elementary school, probably up until about, I don't know, like fourth grade. Um, and then we kind of stopped going around fourth grade or fifth grade for like a year or two. Um, and yeah, and then my dad never, like he never went. I don't ever remember my dad going to church with us, um, even on like Easter services or Christmas services or anything. Um, so it was more just something that my mom took us to and we went to children's church and all of that. And then, um, like I said, we kind of had stuff go on in our lives. And I think that there was also just kind of a church that wasn't the best fit for my mom that she only really went there. Um, cause her family went there to a point. So she was kind of wanting to, to find what else maybe was out there. So we didn't go for a couple of years, that little like kind of rough patch. And then in middle school, um, I kind of started going to church because I was asked to be in a youth group band and I played guitar and I was like 11. So I was like, okay, well I'm going to be in this band. And then I just kind of happened to find myself in a church. And then since I was going every Sunday for a youth group, then my mom started going and my mom's cousin's wife was one of the, was actually the youth group leader there so she already knew her and we just kind of started all going um and the funny thing is too that I always remember thinking that like things got so much better once we started going to church um even though I was younger or whatever it just seemed to be better being there like our lives started to be better being there than they were when for those couple years that we didn't go and maybe it was only a year you know how like children's memories are but um I do remember having that thought so you know once I was in youth group and in the youth youth group band I just kind of never left yeah um I stayed in youth group until my senior year and I'm in like young adult group now and um so yeah, like I like I said, I grew up with one parent who was and one parent who wasn't, but I still kind of, I think at some point, kind of had made a choice to go. You know, whether or not I was choosing to go to church, I had made a choice to be in this band, and my mom and dad let me be in it, and that kind of led to me kind of sticking with the church. So it wasn't like our family saying, oh, we're all going here. I kind of, like, stumbled into it, or it kind of just happened, and... Here I am still going to that same church where Nick is now a pastor. So, (laughs) so, I mean, for, for me, like you said, you, you were able to make that choice. I don't, and you made that choice when you're a teenager. So that was kind of like a, it's kind of like a a big age gap. Cause for me, I probably didn't make a choice to start going until I was like 21. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the more, it wasn't like I made a choice. There's a little difference between that, too, because you made a choice, like, I'm going to go to church because I need this in my life. And I kind of made a choice, like, I want to be in this band. <laughs> so so maybe yours was a little more intentional. Not that I had anything against church. Obviously, I, like, went to church all the time. But, like, mine was more because, oh, I can do this band and I can play guitar in it. And... Then I just happen to like like being there and to mm-hmm. you know have friends going there and you end up going and hanging out with all your friends and you maybe it was a more special decision because it was more intentional but also maybe it was a more difficult decision to come to because you're an adult and you have all those adult worries mm-hmm. and stresses and knowledge waiting on your mind. Well, the one thing that you brought up is friends, um, and that I think 
when I see like my my youth group, the and my young adults as well. I mean, a lot of you, a lot of the teens, and a lot of you guys know known each other for years. Yeah, and grew have. up with each other in the church, and I I never had that. Yeah, I would say almost I would say ninety percent of my friends, and probably a hundred percent. Well, I shouldn't say a hundred percent. My really close friends, I say maybe one goes to church. Um, the rest don't. But I never grew up with friends that went to church every Sunday. Yeah. Um, or went to a youth group every whatever day it was in a week. Yeah. Um, so I think with so with that, like for me, the. Like I, I, I mean, just like a lot of teens, you learn a lot of stuff from your friends, and I guess what's a lot different was when you have friends who are, you know, you're in the same environment as a church. Um, a lot of the same ideas are, are coming in that group, and they're a little bit different than those of, who don't go to church. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a big thing that that played a big role into why I didn't think I was real for a while. Yeah. Um, was one because it never came up in any conversation. So it was like, okay, this is just, it, it's a new thing to me that it just doesn't even, like, why? It, it doesn't have anything to do with my life. So why is, is this even a thing? Um, but then also, not only that, is we don't have, I mean, this book with Science Mike that I just read, uh, it, he brought up that if, if the, for those who want to be closer to God, the big thing is, is that you need to be around people who interact with God, whether it's worship or prayer, or meditation or whatever it is. Um, and so for me, like I never came in contact, I think, with God is because I was around people who didn't believe in God, which, I mean, we're not saying that they're bad people. No, it, it just, just wasn't in your sphere. It just, yeah, of it just, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, like you said, it 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 was a big deal when I decided finally I was going to go to church. Um, is because it wasn't something that was forced on me. It wasn't something that like, um, that I grew up with or anything like that. It was a choice that I decided to make because I knew that church even if i didn't truly believe i know the values of church would help me out yeah in having a more positive life yeah yeah i mean that is a like like you said it's kind of two different ways of coming into it and for you it was also a bigger move as well because you were kind of breaking out of your sphere into a new one at that point after it was kind of already established um Doing that at college and was doing tough. Doing that at too. college, yeah, because I mean, just the college environment mm-hmm. <laughs> is entirely different yeah. than most. I mean, not most things, but it's it's college. So um. I'll say I'm lucky that I had an RA that. Um, I mean he he's a he's a n- very nice guy, really nice guy. A little he's a little odd, but he's a super nice guy, and he was the one who actually, when I was in a dorm, the year before. Um, he was the one who was like, hey, I go to church, you want to come to church? And I was like, no, I'm good. Mm. 
Um, but then the, the following year, you know, I he friended me on Facebook and stuff like that while I was uh, on his floor. Um, and I just sent him a message like, hey, like, I want to come to church. Yeah. And so he just picked me up one day and just, so, yes, he's an odd guy, but, <laughs> I mean, he helped out. And yeah. someone who's, uh, a, you know, a year later could have totally forgotten about me if he really wanted to. Yeah. And he put that offer out there, too. And I think I think that's important to remember, too, because that was kind of how it was for me, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I had someone who was already in that church and in that youth group who really wanted to start that band. And yeah. I knew him from school. And even though I was 11, he yeah. asked me, like, hey, will you come to my church youth group and be in this band with me? Yeah. You know? And so that was... It takes another person to, like, get someone in the doors, which I, I think sometimes, like, we can tend to be a little cynical about that about it being like oh you just want people in the door for numbers but for both of us it took one person inviting us to come along for us to actually go yeah so i think that's an important perspective to to keep because Mm -hmm. you know i know myself i can be cynical about that like oh you know outreach is just to try to like make a church look good and make them have like high attendance but without those people in our lives as you know corny as it may seem or too like shoving it down their throat you know we we took them up on their offers but i mean what what, but the person that asked you though i'm sure you had some sort of relationship with them correct um sort of i knew them from being in band but we were in sixth grade so we didn't like super know each other we'd gone to like different elementary schools so we had only known each other a short time but i think that he knew i played guitar and i also knew um he was gonna have another one of my friends sing who i was actually like pretty close to so i was like oh we can you know like i know him and he's gonna be in it too so that that'll be good so yeah but i I just thought that was kind of interesting that both of us had that situation but of someone asking us yes we never knew that Mm -hmm. we just learned something new about each other whoa well three and a half years in three and a half (laughs) years still learning things new still learning things new (laughs) the same old sandwich hasn't shut (laughs) up don't even make a sandwich analogy right now (laughs) no thank you i got bad advice one day (laughs) (laughs) we won't get into that no let's not talk about the sandwich Uh, metaphors yeah that's what counseling's for. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Anyway. I think that um, you can also kind of look at, like, I can look at the lives. Like you were saying, you didn't have friends who went to church. Um, it's kind of interesting now being at this young adult phase in my life and looking at the friends, not only friends that I know who did go to church or didn't go to church, but even friends that I went to church with growing up and how their lives look now. Because um, everyone, you know... It, I feel like that's kind of part of this is that no matter what your background, it doesn't automatically end in one result. Um, Like just because I went to church, like doesn't mean that everyone that I went to church with when I was in youth group still goes to church even, or still is actively involved in a church or anything. Um, And for you, just because you and your friends maybe didn't always go to church when you were younger, like here you are a pastor, you know? So where you start doesn't always affect how you end, but when it comes to parenting, that's kind of like a, you know, that's a big part of it, especially if you're talking about big local parenting. So do you have any examples of, like, people in your life that you can think of who grew up maybe in a different background than you and how they ended up right now, like where they are well, right now got, in their life I got a buddy, with Christianity? Yeah, so I got a buddy who their, their f- family 
went to church each Sunday, and I remember myself and another friend of ours, we lived pretty close, and we wanted to, um, we always wanted to hang out on the weekends, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, we're either playing basketball or baseball or football or we're playing video games or something like that. We're doing something. Um, and we would always get annoyed because it's hard to do something when it's just two people because you're trying to, like, have a little, I guess, different flow sometimes. Like, some a little different. Not doing the same thing with the same person every single time, every weekend. Okay. Um, so. and so, but he would go to church on Sundays and you never get back because what they would do is they, they went to church that was like 40 minutes away and then they would eat lunch at like a family member's house that was, their house was like down the street from mm-hmm. this church. Mm-hmm. And so he wouldn't get back to like two or three and there's times that he would end up like they would go to the store or something like that. Yeah, and then you can't hang out. And you can't Sunday. you can't hang out. Yeah. And so it was kind of rough. and then plus my other buddy he was like his parents were divorced and so there's he was only at you know one house every other weekend or something mm-hmm. like that. So um there's times where I just sat alone. <laughs> and um there's a point where we just kept telling him like why do you even go? Do you even like it? And he was like go to church. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Well, I mean, it's fine." And then we kept nagging him to the point where he was like, oh, fine, I'll just stay home. And he'd like pretend to sleep and then hang out with us on Sundays. And so. You sinner. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> um, and he doesn't, he doesn't go to church anymore. Um, Peer but, pressure. But we also, it that's, uh, yeah, and that's a lot of who, I mean, that, that was our environment. We just didn't go to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a. Another buddy who, um, he, uh, he, and I think he maybe went to church a couple times with grandparents and stuff like that. And maybe on like special occasions. Um, but he never like went consistently or anything like that. Um, and now he's going to be marrying, <laughs> uh, someone who does go to church. Yeah. And I think he, it's, I just know when I first started going to church, it was super weird. And I think that's where it's at right now. And it takes something something that happens to kind of, like, make it almost click that, like, this is important. Yeah. In one way or another. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's there yet. Yeah. But I know he, from what he's told me about it, he, he, likes, the, he likes the music. Um, and I, but I, I don't know where he's at. He's in the right steps. Yes. He's a, yes, in he, he, I mean, he's, he's there. Yeah. We'll he's say there. that that's, he's there. That's awesome. Um, and I have another, uh, I haven't talked to him in a while. I haven't seen him in probably like two years or so, but I've talked to his parents before and stuff like that. And he went to church all throughout when he was younger and in high school, I think he went to youth group and stuff like that. Um, I think in college, it kind of, you know, you're in college. Mm-hmm. So what usually happens, people tend to stop going to church, especially young adults. Um, you know, they're going through their, their college phase. They think they're super busy and stuff like that, even though Sundays, everyone has an hour to give up. Um, but uh, so he, he wasn't really going. And I remember talking to his mom one day. And he's like, yeah, he wasn't going, which, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, it's I understand 
Um, I would like him to go, but he's, it's just not where he's at. And then a couple of weeks later, um, I saw her, and she's like, you know, I almost said his name. <laughs> uh, you know. You know. Um, he, started. He, he started a conversation with me and said he wants to go back to church. He just doesn't know where yet. And I was like, well, that's a perfect start. Yeah. You know, you have the, the desire to go. It's just... You know, and all these people—they all have—they all have good parents. Yeah. Um, it's not all, saying anything about any of their parents. No. It's just basically observations of what we've seen in life, yeah. our lives, and lives around us. And so, and I think he—he's around a lot of people who possibly do go to church yeah. and stuff like that. And so, it, it maybe have started that up that he wanted to go back and stuff. Um, but whatever it is, that's a good place. Yes, to it's be. a good place. So, what about you? Um, I mean. Like I said, I kind of alluded to before, I kind of grew up with, I grew up with a certain group of friends, and then as I started getting involved in youth group, um, that certain group of friends over time kind of all ended up in the same youth group. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we were friends before we all went to church together, like some kids, they did go to church regularly, and some didn't, but there's this big group of us that, you know, always were doing parties and stuff together, like our parents were all friends, and... At some point, we almost all ended up going to the same youth group um, in some way or another. So, um, yeah, but I can't say that we have all, even though I've known all their parents for most of my life and I've known them for most of my life, all of our lives don't look the same right now. Not that they should. Um, some people, I think, still go to church but still um, kind of question or, or struggle with certain concepts of the church, like what we talk about in this, you know, these mm -hmm. episodes or what you've yeah. talked about in these episodes. Some people I think don't really go at all right now and are kind of just, you know, doing the college thing and young adult thing. Um, and others I know are actively involved in go to young adult groups at the same church, you know? So it just, it just depends. It's just kind of interesting to see all of us who have grown up in the same, environment more or less with the with the church and the youth group and how that works but outside of that um I think I have one person who comes to mind that I knew pretty well in high school and um his background was like a very Christian home raised very Christian with knowing all the bible stories and and doing bible studies and um like homeschooling for a little bit, I think, and stuff like that. Um, always in church, a big part, like praying before meals, all of that stuff. Um, but towards like his college years, he kind of had, like, I don't think he ever went to church in college. Um, I don't know if he tried finding a few churches and just never went back. I think that's what happened. I think that, that it was like trying a few things and then just ended up kind of not going anymore. And then by like their second or third, some later year in college, um, had kind of confided in me that they don't believe any of it anymore. Um, they don't believe in God and basically like renouncing their faith. But, um, Obviously, the family doesn't feel that way, and I don't know if they had ever had that conversation mm -hmm. to know if that's, you know, to know that about each other, I guess. Yeah. Um, but 
that was one situation that kind of sticks out in my mind of, of you know, when you're talking about biblical parenting and what do you do? Because this is a person who grew up in this household that that was a very important part of life and what you did. Like, that was just a yeah. light, the life that you lived. Um, and then to see that person do a complete, like, 180 from, yeah. from that um, was kind of interesting, too. And an interesting experience to go through having that person as a, you know, a friend for yeah. when you're you're kind of becoming a young adult too. So that's the one situation I had come to mind. Um, So it's kind of hard to say between talking about all these things, um, you know, what, what is biblical parenting? How do you raise your kids? If you're a Christian, like, do you, you know, raise them to have it as a lifestyle? Do you raise them to have it be their choice? Like these are all kind of, hard questions I think and I don't know if there's really a right or a wrong answer but yeah I mean that's that's what's tough is that obviously we're not parents and no. so um but it, it it's also um tough because it's like it seems like in every situation um no matter what you maybe raise them mm-hmm. as it seems to be like a choice in that person's life yeah that ultimately decides if they're going to be in in church or out of church or maybe even come in and out of church sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no i i think there's a lot of different factors i'm the one thing that i know is that no matter whether no matter whether either you 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 take your kid and you put them through church and stuff like that or you make them choose on their own um there's there's just that value that we all have that it's all like encoded in all of us of like right and wrong mm-hmm. what's good and what's bad um and i think no matter what however it's you're being people are being raised um that value is always needed um and i think no matter what if you have that value i mean if you think about it, most people that we know that probably don't go to church, pretty much have the same values as those who do go to church. It's just the only thing that's a little different is that we think that um, God is the creator of all. And Well, I would almost argue with that on that too, though, because I feel like... Well, you're not allowed to argue with me. <laughs> well, okay? I'm going to. You're, on my, you're like, on my podcast. I'm saying that. Black, and when you're talking about senses of right and wrong and, and those kind of things, I would say that generally, yeah, people who have grown up in church or not grown up in church or who are Christians now kind of have that same little bit of, like, value compass. Yeah. You know, we all... Most people go through, like, the, the some public school yeah. system where you know, like, you can't punch the kid next to you when he takes your well, pencil. I mean, you can't. So, like, that's the thing. But I feel like... In, um, and depending on, you know, your spiritual walk or whatever, but if you're living, um, I think the, the difference I, is what I'm trying to say is that you look at things in life differently. Yes. Well, yeah. I'm not saying everything's totally the same. No, I'm not either. I'm saying that those same values are there. Yeah. But maybe your perspective on two different situations can be drastically different. Yeah. Um, When faced with a challenge or faced with a hardship, not necessarily always. You know, people who are Christian struggle with things. We all struggle with the same things. It's just like having, um, being a Christian and having that view of the world Mm -hmm. around you is, I think pretty influential in in practice of yeah. I mean it's a constant challenge to try to live your life through that lens. Um 
So that, I think I would argue that, like, yeah, we all have those same moral things, but that would be the biggest difference, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Not that we're better or no. anything. That's just, that's the biggest difference I see between them. That's not what I'm, you know, I'm not trying to say one's better than the other or that they're bad people because nobody, you know, I don't think that anyone who doesn't go to church is a bad person. I'm just thinking that that's how I've seen it played out is like perspectives in difficult situations yes. are are different. With friends that I grew mm-hmm. up with who didn't go to church, like yeah. trying to, if they were telling me about a situation in their life, I would maybe view it from one way and they yeah. would view it from a totally different way. And yeah. that was where I saw the biggest difference mm-hmm. in like teenage years and young adult years. Yeah. I mean, there's just little things like, I mean, here an example, communion. Like when people think of bread and, and wine, they think of, you know, people who don't go to church think of bread and wine. Yeah. But you have people, you have Christians or well, Catholics consider the same a little bit. But anyways, we won't get into that. Um, they see that as a as a remembrance, mm-hmm. a celebration. Like a holy sacrament. Uh, yes, an, an act of your, whenever you have these, these are in you, remembrance. You, remembrance. Um, and so like those little things, like kind of like the perspective thing, yeah, that's viewpoints. What, that's an example yeah, sort of yeah. thing. So. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, where exactly I was going with that, but I guess, um, just kind of saying that that's, that's the main difference I think between when, maybe when you're, um, you know, you're in church and maybe something clicks for you. Maybe yeah. that's how you start viewing the world, even though you've had those same right senses of right and wrong and values Maybe that's the difference um, when you're viewing the world through that lens. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of what I was thinking about. We got anything else? Um, anything to close on? I don't know. I feel like there's something else I was going to say, but I don't know if I went off on a tangent there. That's okay. That's fine. Are you mm-hmm. saying that I did? <laughs> no, no. No. I think you're fine. Yeah. I think you answered your own question very well. Thanks. You're welcome. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is at the end of the day that um, however you were raised, biblical parent or not mm-hmm. biblical parent or whatever, biblical parenting, that it's ultimately more impactful when you make a deliberate choice in your life that that's mm-hmm. what you're going to yes. do. Because there's always... It's more the, lasting. Yes. It seems more lasting, yeah. at least from what I've seen of life thus mm-hmm. far. <laughs> and I will say this, too, it, uh, kind of a closing note. When when I, I had plenty of opportunities to go to church, mm-hmm. but it took that one time of like, you know what, I'm going to step out and I'm going to do this. Yeah. And was that, that was scary as all get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that little bit, it's that leap, that small little kind of like let go and um i think that's all of us have those opportunities i believe um but it's that it's like it's that that one event that one choice where you finally where that one person makes doesn't matter how you're raised like you said doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how you're raised whether you're raised in a church or whether you're raised whatever religion or you're not raised in a church or any religion at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you, everyone has got that that small event that can make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like my closing. Okay, let's leave it in that. Then. Cool. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can follow 
the podcast on social media. You can follow it on Twitter and Millenniology. Uh, you can also find uh, all of our episodes on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, on our website, millenniologypodcast.com. Uh, you can also find them on Facebook. You can also find ourselves individually. Uh, my Twitter name is the Nick Mayor, and mine is Erica Nalo. So, um, if you have any thoughts or anything like that, you can always hit us up. And not only that, we did have a review. Was it two weeks ago? I believe we had a review. Yeah. Um, Keep those coming in because those are awesome. And, and we, you'll get an on-air shout-out. Yeah, you get if an on-air shout-out. Give a what star review? If you give five. a five-star review. And I will read them. Um, and if it's constructive criticism... Um, we no. will throw it in the garbage. No. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, we accept all reviews. Five stars will get uh, announced, though. Because the, the more reviews we get, especially if it's a five-star review... Uh, the the better of chance that our uh, the podcast will show up in other people's news feeds and stuff like that. And I looked at related today, and apparently we're a podcast that's related to Jen Hatmaker's podcast. So what, what? that is super awesome, and also Joel Osteen. So yeah, Yay. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some super white teeth. Have yes. you seen his teeth? Yeah, I, that's a little intense. They, he should be like a Colgate spokesperson. I like. I think of him. Remember, um, is it Nemo with a with a shark who's got all those teeth and they're super huge? <laughs> Name's Bruce. <laughs> yes, that's what I think of when I see him. I'm like, oh my god, he's got like 150 teeth in his mouth right now. I saw on the news today that they since it's Shark Week on Discovery Channel, the it's Cleveland yes, the Cleveland Aquarium is doing like a similar thing but trying to make it appear that so people know that sharks aren't like dangerous monsters all the time um so they have these <laughs> they're like they're like combat combating shark week but they have these uh divers that are going into the shark tank like four times a day to like show like sharks are cool um <laughs> and nice but apparently every day when they um like filter the sand on the bottom of the tank they find at least 12 shark teeth a day because sharks shed their teeth mm-hmm. daily because there's always a new tooth waiting to come yeah. in. So maybe Joel Osteen has like continuous teeth that are just always <laughs> coming to his gums. Funny story. So <laughs> oh, no. speaking of the Cleveland Aquarium. Oh no. So when Erica and myself, our first date was at the Cleveland Aqu- Aquarium. We also went to uh, the art museum too but that was because nick spent a lot of money on the aquarium because the aquarium was super expensive for like a half hour's worth of time yes it's just like an hour drive to be yeah i was like we gotta do something different so we went to the art museum which was free and so it's for free free. (laughs) so we're we're walking around and there's this tank there's this tank and it has stingrays in them and so you're you're allowed to touch them. That was kind of cool. So the stingrays are doing a whirlpool basically around the tank, and like I'm touching one, and they're like getting close to my fingers, like oh, 
my gosh. And I see Erica, and she is arm deep. Like, she is, her whole arm is in the tank trying to touch this stingray. And she, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> She's like, I'm trying to touch the stingray. And I was like, the sign says right here, you're only allowed to put two fingers in the water and you're putting your whole arm in. And so she breaches her arm out and it's soaking wet. And it's like, like, what are you going to do? And so she's like, take my car. I got go to the, got to go to the restroom and rinse my arm off. It's like, who, like, what do you even do? Did you like, <laughs> I did. I had to go to the bathroom and put soap on my whole arm. And that's what parenting is. That's, <laughs> there's parenting. How is that parenting. That's how she was raised to put her whole arm, disregard any rules. I go all in, Nick Mayer. That's well, how I was raised. Uh, I give it my hundred percent effort. All right. <laughs> Stingrays, hundred percent effort. Okay, well we'll end on that. So we thank you guys for listening. Like I said, you can follow us on all of our social media pages, and uh, don't forget the reviews. And also, so you don't miss an episode, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes, and that would be super awesome. Okay? Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Peace.